Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in ring is out of sight. All elite TNT make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. guys this is ashley and rich here with episode 87 of dojo and dynamite it is sunday august 8th and after a few moments of technical difficulties and rich's computer doing a massive update which it always seems to do when it comes time to record this uh we're up and running well i think part of the issue is that i don't use my computer often it's really, really like just a, for this. Yeah, it's really like a work school thing plus podcast. So it's it's like I it's I don't I don't game on it. I don't I don't do much on it. So it's like, you know, when it comes to these like forced updates, you know, it's kinda like this is what happens. Turn the computer on, you open the screen, it's like update time because you haven't done anything in weeks. So podcast has to suffer. But we are on the new schedule. We decided to go a little early, make sure that we're kind of getting on the routine now, Saturday, Sunday, because Rampage is starting this week. Yes, Pittsburgh. Friday the 13th. Britt Baker versus Red Velvet's going to headline it. Christian Cage cut a promo a little while back saying he was going to be on it also. So, look, new weekend. Get ready for Monday. Get prepared for the Wednesday, Friday. Recover from the Wednesday, Friday prior, and this is how it's going to be new Hour-long AEW Rampage. Cody said it's possible that maybe that uh, that little ring graphic will appear back in the center of the ring, which is something that I the think logo. is beloved. Yeah, absolutely. Don't understand. I, I know they said it was. Uh, they had traction issues sometimes with it because it did have like a you know graphic on it. But nonetheless, I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't like that thing. No, absolutely. I mean, it's been so long since we've seen it in an AEW ring, but I am definitely not opposed to it coming back. Yeah, and that GCW no signal last night, which yes. we checked out from Los Angeles. I don't know where it was actually being filmed from, but it was a unique venue. It was, Big, like, I liked amphitheater it. stage. Yeah, yeah they, they had it right in the dead center, GCW. That's like kind of our new thing now, I guess. We're watching GCWs on the weekends. I had a great time. You didn't think I was going to make it through the whole show. He had it a was bet 11 p.m. that I would be asleep by 12.05 a.m. Eastern. Of course I bet you were going to be asleep by 12. How, how long do you typically stay awake? Not long. When it comes Not time to late, late, night, late night shows or movies, uh, the odds are not in my favor. But I had two coffees made it through. Just think you had to double caffeinate at like 11 o'clock at night just so that you could beat my bet. I had to stay up to see Nick Gage versus Dark Sheik. Um, I, but I was like really disappointed because I had GCW beers planned. Oh, that would have been big time sleep. That'd super, night super night. toast. <laughs> that would have been big bedtime. Sleep before the show even started. So um, GCW beers will have to wait. Yeah, so I guess we're going to start covering some of the other things, too, as much as... Well, I guess we're just going to cover what we watch. Yeah, talk about what we like. Yeah, because it's just this is just how it's going to go. <laughs> we're just going to cover kind of what we like, things that we're watching, talking about wrestling right now. Obviously, we had huge dynamite on Wednesday. 
Yep, AEW Homecoming, live from Jacksonville. You have massive restructuring in regards to NXT, which I think is something that we should also touch upon. Go ahead. Because this happened on Friday, so I mean, this is something, you know, obviously Adam Cole's contract comes up last week. This was post-podcast. Well, uh, post our last yeah, episode. Post, yeah, post yeah. last episode. So, I mean, now we have Adam Cole potentially available. Obviously, he has this big meeting, as you saw across all reported news. He's going to talk with Vince McMahon, executive levels in the WWE. Obviously, they're going to they're gonna pay him millions of dollars. I mean, you know, you know, you know, the choice is his. It's the decision of whether or not he wants to stay with what WWE has. I mean, of course, WWE is going to pitch this stuff. Now, here's the problem. How many times have we heard these empty promises? Right. They can give you whatever it is. None of this is guaranteed. I mean, if you're Adam Cole, you're laying this out. You're making negotiations. I want to know what's happening at Survivor Series. I want to know what's happening at the Rumble. I want to know my place at WrestleMania. I want six months in advance. I understand plans change. But But I want my six months. I want a guide. Yeah. I want my direction. If I'm going in there to negotiate, I don't want that because you know damn well AEW will give him something six months from now. AEW will prepare him something 12 months from now. Yeah. It's what can you give me? It's not, hey, we got pitched these ideas. What do you think? Can we do this? I don't want that. I want somebody to come to me with confidence and say, this is how you're going to be used. This is what we're going to do. We're sticking to this plan. This is six months. And WWE can't do that. And now they're firing people left and right again, which is just out of control. They're rebooting the NXT because, as JRJ would say, completely stuck in the fucking mud. You get half a million viewers going over the sci-fi back-to-back nights. I mean, look, it's just a carryover audience. And, you know, you talk about this new regime, this new regiment, or whatever it is. This is the requirements. We're going back to 2012 NXT, where these guys have to have no wrestling experience. You've got to be pre-30 years old, which is absurd. Absurd. DDP is disgusted. This is, it's absurd to think that somebody at that age... You have to be pre-30 years old to join the WWE to, as in a way. It's not to join WWE. It's pre-30 years old if you've never wrestled before. I don't know what the hell that's about. So you have a professional athlete, let's say. 33-year-old professional athlete just wants to dabble in it. Remember D'Angelo Williams wrestled for Impact for a hot minute. AJ Francis, I believe, is still on uh, NXT. He played for the Giants and the Washington football team. I could be wrong with that, but I know he played for the Giants. <laughs> but nonetheless, you have athletes that can come in here at any age, but no, no, we're going to make an exception for you. But you, you pedestrian, civilian, great shape. But yeah, you know, your 30th birthday's six months from now, so I don't know what we could do with that. Age doesn't matter. That's, that's it's crazy. And then the size. This is illegal. The size, yeah. I mean, that's that's always been a thing. But nonetheless... This is what you're going to do with NXT? Just take it off television, the fucking show. I mean, who's going to watch this crap? This is going to be, like, tough enough, too. And it's going to be hard, week in and week out, to maintain an audience. It's over. show's got to come off to you. You can't go back to this, like, sub-25, guys learning, guys and girls, learning how to wrestle, watching them. I mean, these matches are going to be abysmal. Let's just throw... Because remember, these guys aren't indie guys. You know, you talk about Dark. Maybe the Dark is kind of their new, what they want to do in NXT, of course. But again, you know, WWE creates all their own stars, figures out their own things. But you want to go to Dark. These guys are indies. These are professional wrestlers. These are independent contractors. These are independent wrestlers that have been trained, that are getting an opportunity in the region to come down and work Dark. 
These aren't just people off the streets who have never seen a wrestling ring before. So, I mean, if you think you're going to produce even what half of Dark is, this stuff's going to be rough to watch. Now, regarding the releases, that's uh, always, always terrible. You hate, you hate to see that. But I think it's a really exciting time in wrestling right now, outside of WWE with AEW, with GCW, with New Japan Strong, um, a whole bunch of, of indie promotions. I, I think it's it's an exciting time, and I hope that these people find success in other places. What I really hope is for the indies and some of these other companies to get back on their feet. Like, yeah. Ring of Honor just doesn't have any fucking money. And it's like, I just want them to get back on their feet because there's so much talent out there right now that people can get back to these live shows because here's the truth. Before this pandemic, before these firings, there wasn't, I mean, there was a lot of young, unknown talent, very, very talented guys. But there's not a lot of people, and, you know, to coin the old Shivani, right? You're not going to put butts in the seats if you don't have anybody to draw the audience at least to kind of come, hey... Let's go, let's go over to go see this guy yeah. work this match. And hey, let's introduce you to some of the guys that we have at this local indie show. You're like your hook. Your hook, right. No pun no intended to hook, <laughs> yeah. who could definitely draw an audience over there. You know, Absolutely. But it, it's that, can we get a couple of these guys? Now, I hope that now, with the way that this is, I do hope that with these guys getting released, that we can kind of spike the indies in a way that it's not just a couple of big indie promotions, it's across the board. Exactly. So and people that's... in their local areas don't have to watch Ring of Honor, don't have to try to find Beyond Wrestling or PWG or, or you know, all these larger indie federations that you can kind of have to, you know, go out of your way to go get to. Exactly. And um, again, we're not praising anyone being fired. That's It's fucking terrible. But this could open the door for a lot of opportunity in hopefully a lot of places. Yeah, and it's, and it's shocking. You, know, you see some of these guys who were involved in stories. I mean, obviously you have Malachi Black, who's now in AEW. We'll talk about him in a little while. But you have Malachi Black, who was just in the middle of a story. And that happened with some of the, the releases this past week too, right? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, one of these dudes that was uh, Alex Zane, I believe, is a guy who just got released. He's working 205 Live on the same night that he gets canned. That I don't understand. Yeah, it, it's it is what it is, I guess. But it it's, it's happened before in wrestling. It's not like it's a new thing, but it's just unbelievable. Yeah. But you take a look at this; they're going to be rebooting NXT. You get rid of some of the highest quality talent that you have. I mean, Bobby Fish is gone. Mercedes Martinez is gone. Who's going to help these individuals? NXT at one point was like a finishing school. You know, you had some of these indies that came in. You know, 2014, 15, 16. You had these guys that came in. You introduced him to a new character. You gave them a, a sick entrance. I mean, how many entrances were awesome for NXT? Bobby Roode, Malachi Black. These guys' entrance were awesome. Shinsuke Nakamura really kind of, you know, now it's like this watered-down version of what he was. But, you know, you bring them in there. You give them this this tool to kind of, you know, let's let's kind of make this tighten the bolts. I guess you could say, get them a character, get them some more promo work, check out where the camera is. You know, six months, we get these guys back up on the main roster, we introduce them back to the audience again, like Drew McIntyre, Samoa Joe. We get them back up there, Finn Balor, and we kind of run with them because this is how you make stars. You're thinking stars aren't made. 
look, the reason why stars aren't made is because you bring these guys up from NXT and you have to reintroduce them as if nobody knows. Listen to me. I talked about this. I, I know. I, our friend was ranting about what this What did we just rant too? about this yesterday? Yeah. We literally, because we have somebody staying with us. Everybody knows that. We've, we've had a bunch of friends over every day. We literally had this conversation that these people from NXT get brought up and they have to be reintroduced to the audience because they don't think the audience that watches NXT watches the main roster. But here's the part but the, it, here's the part that blows my mind. Do you know how many goddamn viewers they have on YouTube? How many people follow Twitter? How many people follow Instagram? How many people go on the WWE shop with undisputed errors splattered all over the well, screen? Just society today just in general is so interconnected across all these platforms that it's even if you don't know, I feel like you know. And look, I mean, for example, you if you're worried about a 10-year-old kid who may not know who Adam Cole is, he sees it, he or she sees it on every post, every Instagram, every Twitter, every time they log on the WWE.com. It's not like NXT doesn't exist. So I think you've got to take Keith Lee, who was the, like, undisputed champion of NXT. He was North American champion, NXT champion. you got to bring him up and repackage him for what? Oh, well, you know, the audience may not be familiar with it. Bullshit. You retweeted the fucking thing. Millions of people interacted with it. You showed highlights on YouTube. Millions of people watched it. It's nonsense. It's abs. This is why you can't create stars because you start at the ground level after NXT already built these guys. It's just, you know, and then you got these guys who say, well, you know, we got to train them from the indies to learn NXT, and then we got to train them to learn the main roster. Well, it's because the guys in your main roster, you know, you got the five moves of Doom guys over here that can't hang. And it's, it's no offense to these guys because some of these guys are just tremendous professional wrestlers. All of them are. They're tremendous, tremendous professional wrestlers. But the level of some of the top guys in the WWE, the what their comfort zone is, what they know how to do is so limited because they came from this system. It's like, you know, Kevin Owens has to draw back. Kevin Owens has to limit what he can do because they have to make sure that it works. It's crazy. It's it's just absolutely crazy when you look at it that way. You know, I mean, Triple H, you know, with, the, with all respect to him, as uh, Jared calls him Triple Paul, as Triple Paul would say, this is the future of what wrestling is, and he's right. People like to make that comment, which just isn't nice. It isn't right and isn't nice that, that the fans are in the ring now. Of course they are, and they care about the business. That's why they put on these great matches. That's why they have passion for wrestling, because they care about it. That's what you want. Yeah. At the end of the day, you want somebody who cares about it. Yeah. You don't want somebody who's passe doing a job you making money. You care about it, you're going to make it you better. You care about it. Yeah. That's why these matches are great. That's why the stuff in AEW has been tremendous. These people care about what work they're putting on. The, they the, love, feel the, that they love, love and the profession passion. of wrestling. Yeah. That energy feeds through. It's, it's just, it's nonsense to think that we're going to make this sterile, cold, uh, you know, uh, Triple H is the one that knows this stuff is happening. He knows the transition has to occur because Triple H is saying, look, everything out there is this style of wrestling. Everything out there are these characters. This is what this is. So Triple H says we have to adjust. As an organization, we have to adjust. We have to adjust to the audience. We have to adjust to their liking. We have to adjust to the talent in professional football. People can criticize left and right that these offensive linemen, man, these teams don't have offensive linemen. You can only take what the college game gives you, right? So you have to adjust yourself. You have to adjust what you have in order to fix the deficit, which is offensive linemen. 
Cliff Kingsbury came over to Arizona, put Kyler Murray at quarterback because the offensive line was fucking trash. Couldn't protect for Josh Rosen. Feel bad for the guy. That's what they did. I can only use what I'm given from the college game. It's the same thing. Think about professional wrestling and think about WWE as the top of the class. You can only utilize what you're given. Triple H, William Regal, these guys, they know what they're given. They went out there and they took the best of the best. Oh, I don't like it. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, that's what you got. You got to change the game, guys. You can't stay the course from 25 years ago. You have to change the game. You have to adapt with what they give you. And I'm sorry that this is just not what you're used to or what you're comfortable with. So this stuff in NXT, this whole rebrand, this is nonsense. And I really do hope the indies can kind of come back up because, guys, I mean, the profession of wrestling has changed, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, but again, um, you know, we're very sorry to those who had to get that phone call. That's terrible. It is, and I'm done with my rant for today. I just kind of felt aggravated by that when I saw that well, it's, it's frustrating to see. And I do hope that Adam Cole just kind of like, let's bleed them dry over here. Get, get as much money as you possibly oh can and get exactly what it is that you want. I hope you get it all. If no, not, want, you know want the that, best for him. Yeah, and if you, you know that if you don't get exactly what you want, AEW will have their door wide open. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the reality of the business. But AEW came to homecoming 1.1 million again. Four weeks in a row, right? Over 1 million? Something like that. You got another... I mean, this show was kind of weak on the card. We talked about that. On, on paper, uh, wasn't as strong as the past couple weeks we had with the uh, Fighter Fest Night 1 and Night 2 and Fight for the Fallen, but it, it, it delivered nonetheless. We opened with Jericho and Juvitude Guerrero for yes, the first time in like 20-something years. Labor number three. Jericho didn't look too good in this. It was fun to watch... It was like a cool throwback um, to have, but as we were actually discussing before recording this, you'd think that that would have been switched with the gauge match. Yeah. Well, I, I thought maybe Jericho was a little concerned about how he would recover from the death match. To then he go on to Wardlow. He didn't want to be too beat up to kind of like, you know, go forward closer to the match that he wants with the pay-per-view uh, and stuff. So It's possible. I just thought maybe he's like, you know, I don't know how I'm going to, how I'm going to look, what the, you know, what the blood's going to look like, the cuts, if I can kind of take some bumps the next week. You know, he doesn't know. He's not familiar with it. So maybe he wanted to make sure he was at 100%. But Jericho didn't look too good in this match. I, I know that these guys, look, you haven't wrestled in a long time. Two completely different styles. Now, Jericho's not the same wrestler he was. Even in the WWE, he's a bigger, stronger, like we talked about. We'd like to see Jericho kind of sell into the size a little bit more. But, you know, with Hoovy kind of going around, jumping off the ropes, it was great shape. But, you know, he's doing stuff that Jericho just can't keep up with right now. And I don't know if, I mean, again, Jericho's still great. I love watching Jericho segments. I like watching Jericho promos. I look forward to seeing Chris Jericho every week because he is so valuable and important. He's a big star, and he's not one of those guys that I ever really get tired of. Because he constantly reinvents. He, he adapts. I mean, he's the king of adapting. But, like... If Jericho, I really don't want to be that guy, but like if Jericho just leaned up a little bit, he'd be able to move a little quicker. He just looks like he's laboring a little bit. I know that he's supposed to be a bigger guy, but, you know, trying to run to these spots and just, he just, like, you know, 10 pounds. And it's, it's not, 
that I like I actually like the style that Jericho's working. I like the new look. I think it really works with what he was doing. We talked about this with the Painmaker and what he was doing in New Japan, and I like that. He's, he's I like more the aggressive. Bulkier. He's more like visceral. I, I like it. I, I I like it. I like the way that he works. I th- I think it works with his style, with the character, with the with the whole gimmick. And I know the pandemic was rough on a lot of people. So it was hard to get to gyms. It was hard to you know. But it's like he was having a hard time getting to the spots. And it's like, that's really what wrestling is. If you can make the spots and the timing, the match is going to be fine, regardless of what your physical limitations are. And in this match, and this is obviously me just kind of dissecting it, and it means no disrespect, it was just kind of like Jericho couldn't get there quick enough. It was always like a step behind. And it's like he, you know, and, and Hoovy was moving. And they, were, and they were going back and forth. And match was still really entertaining. I was really glad to see Hoovy back in there. And not only that, working really well. Because no, I haven't he, seen him he, wrestle. Yeah, it's been a while since since we've seen him. Except for our um, WCW catching up over the, the course of 2020. But yeah, he looked great. It was nice to see him. Uh, I, I thought it was a cool, like I said, a cool throwback for, for the audience. Yeah, and I think it was a uh, blast from the past. I like the story connection. Yeah. They talked about how they kind of they, they dove back a year ago, and some people go, "Well, that's you know what that that was good. That was yeah. very very creative." And I thought this match was good. I mean, it was it was a B minus. I mean, I liked the whole aesthetic of it. Crowd made it great. You know, the thing that doesn't. I mean, I know they wanted to do the Wardlow. And I know I don't. There's no disrespect to Wardlow, but how many pinfalls can Wardlow eat? I mean, man. This ah, big money, like, I know. God damn. It doesn't hurt him, but, you know, big money Wardlow, but... <laughs> this is not what we want to see. <laughs> no, we, we don't. But, we need victories here. You know, does it seem anticlimactic that it's Wardlow is the last hurdle? No cage, no, you know, nothing of that stuff? So, like, in... At first, when they announced the labors, you know, we thought, okay, he's just going to go through the entire pinnacle. So he starts off with Sean Spears. I think, you know, I know you and I were thinking he's going to go through everyone else um and that's not what they did obviously so i think going back to wardlow yeah is a little anticlimactic in that sense where i don't know at this point i was expecting something different well i think we were anticipating it to be wardlow and and no, no offense big money but we were kind of hoping maybe it wouldn't be just because it's something they've done so many things outside the box you did Hoovito Guerrera. You did Nick Gage. You know, you were kind of hoping that it would be something. They, like they threw a curveball with those two that yeah. I thought it would end on a different note. And then I guess to clarify the the confusion that we were having, um, Wardlow is labor number four with MJF uh, what at, at ringside or or refing. And if Jericho wins, labor number five is the match against MJF, which there seemed to be a little bit of confusion on. Yeah, I was definitely confused. I thought the five labors of Jericho meant there were going to be five labors to get to All Out. That's clearly not the case. No, so, we went back and watched the that original Yeah. signing. So I, I, I apologize if we confuse anybody by the way that we were talking about it, but yeah. But anyway, that match was good. It was a good way to open the show. People were excited about it. Got them, you know, it's a hot way to open. They like to do these opens mostly singles matches, but they like to do these opens where you kind of got something going, and I think that's what they're going to do for Rampage. You know, obviously, Britt Baker came out. We'll talk about that in a minute here, too. We'll talk about it right now. Britt Baker comes out. She gets a new challenger. She's going to Rampage on her home. It's Britsburg. She's going to face Red Velvet, which is a great challenger. Yeah. And 
this is a nice marquee matchup, but they set it up on Dynamite, now on Rampage. Now, I'm not saying Rampage has to be nonstop action in terms of an hour long. But, but an hour you don't goes have to, quick. Like An hour goes really quick. Yeah. But you don't have to do the build-up for this match. It's, it's done. It was announced on Dynamite. They introduced, they cut the promo. Now they're having the match on Friday. And you know what? Now, even... I know that Kenny had said, look, Rampage is going to open up more opportunity for the women... Even if it doesn't necessarily open up two slots, let's say, for women, you get a slot or two on Wednesday and a slot on Friday. It just gives more opportunity now where it's not just one women's segment every week where you have to figure out what you're going to do in that segment. Yeah, extra match, extra promo. Um, it's just going to be extra exposure, which I think is it's going to be great for the division in the long right. term. And for example, like you had, you know, Layla Hirsch versus the Bunny this week. You had them challenging number one contender for the NWA Women's World Title. You had Camille there. That was kind of cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, but you have that happening, which then on Friday, for example, would be Rampage. You have the Britt Baker Red Velvet. So you got two separate segments, four different women, totally different involvements. So that's a good way to kind of incorporate more of what they have. So it's not so much where if you want to see Yuka Sakazaki, you want to see Riho, you don't have to like kind of have to watch Elevation. If you're one of those people that just for some reason doesn't like having to use the YouTube to kind of like find it. There's some people that like that. You know, they like to put it on television. They like to do it when it kind of feels like, hey, live, 8 o'clock, we got it, Wednesdays. Instead, when you, you know, you go to like, it's like, I got to watch this. I got to find time to do it. It's like New Japan kind of gets like that sometimes. I know we have to play catch up. I know. But yeah, I think it's going to open the door for storylines outside of the title picture. Like we had a big swole in Diamante. Um, having a really entertaining feud on Dark, and now you know Rampage can can give a highlight to things like that. Yeah, but it is cool that they're doing that little kind of feud between the two of them. I like and, it. Uh, you know, there's some women that are available. You know, you look at AEW. You have Ruby Soho potentially could be coming in, which would be a massive acquisition. And she is a tremendously talented wrestler. And you know, potentially Kira Hogan over from Impact. Another individual who can come over, got a lot of energy. Another yeah. individual that is going to provide to what this women's division is. Because right now, you have a lot of the women on the top, and then you kind of have everybody else in the middle. And I'm hoping that, and we're talking about character story kind of placement in regards to like, you know, who's challenging for what and what opportunities they're given to kind of just to tell stories. It's like, you know, you kind of have the top. You got your Bakers, you got your Nylas, you know, you kind of got the top, and then you kind of got everybody else, and it's like, you know, with the extra segment, we can kind of, like, you know, get these individuals on TV, kind of divide them up, get them diversified in regards to where their characters are going, where their stories are going, it's not short segments, you know, it's stuff where everybody can get their eyeballs on it, so these these challengers, like Red Velvet, who's been winning on Dark and Elevation, people are like, why is she challenging Britt Baker? It's like, who cares? But at the same time, good point. Now Red Velvet can be on television more often. Now she can be in the eyes of the audience. Yeah. And this is a good way to do it. Yeah. And maybe it'll open up room for uh, women's tag titles. I'm not giving up on that. Um, it's just having that extra hour, like we've talked about. It's not, it is not bad for AEW to be acquiring this talent. I think they're bringing in really great people, but the two hours of Dynamite, you only have so much time. So now having this extra hour, um, it just... 
opportunity. I'm really hoping my goal, I guess, to see would be for the extra hour to see guys like Ethan Page, to see guys like Scorpio Sky get those chances, to see guys like Sammy Guevara get more opportunity to wrestle on Fridays, even if it's Wednesdays, but you have these guys get more opportunity to have matches. So that way, you know, instead of having the six matches you have every every week, which is, I think, Dynamite's about six matches. Yeah. You, have, you know, five, six, you have, you have eight, nine. Yeah. So now you got eight, nine matches every week. And, yeah. and that's, that's I think, really invaluable, really, really important. You're, you're talking about adding three extra matches. That's at least six more people wrestling. Yeah, at the very least, you're at six more people. Yeah. So I, I, I do like where they're going with it. Uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing how this ends up translating. You listen to Cody's kind of like little press. And, you know, you hear about how he wants this to be action packed, and it's like we'll see. Let's like see that how late they do night it. dynamite. Yeah, let's see how they do it between that ten and eleven hour, or eleven to twelve hour. I don't know what time it's at. Ten and eleven. Ten, I think. Yeah, let's see how let's Eastern. see how that goes. So, but it's a good time, especially for those in the West Coast. Well, it's not live, I guess. In the West Coast, they still get it at ten. Forgot about that. I apologize. I'm just I'm excited for the opportunity. We've been talking about this on end for how long so now we can finally see it in action and i think that's going to be good um speaking of, though of, of things that we've also been clamoring for potential trios titles um we had trios tag action we had john moxley eddie kingston and darby allen versus 2.0 uh matt lee and jeff parker and daniel garcia so obviously it was a squash. It was just it was an enhancement match. It's good to see Mox out there, Kingston. I mean, you know, Darby. These are guys. They're they're kind of all in their own little like relationship, as you can kind of see. Quite the trios team though, with Sting also. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. The match was short and sweet. I mean, these two guys came over from NXT. They won an opportunity to be on television. A lot of people liked them. Uh, I I wasn't particularly familiar with them, so I this was the first time that I had ever seen them. So I mean, it it was good. It was fine. I mean, it was it was what it was. Just kind of get the stars on TV. It's always good to see these guys out there. Moxley's always big draw. Always always attention seekers. So I did, when I saw the announcement of those three teaming up, I was like, "Holy shit! That is quite the." It just shows the need for a trio's title, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. So hopefully, we'll get that going forward. Just have too many people right now with nothing really to fight for, nothing really going on. You have to find something for them to do. Hopefully soon. After that, though, we had Christian Cage in action against the Blade. So Christian seems to be teetering off the Hardy family office and going toward the Kenny Omega, potentially the all-out champion. He did cut a promo about how he is elite. We did talk about this a couple of weeks ago. Potentially, could you do this instead of doing Hangman? It does make sense. Is the reason why they're moving off of Hangman potentially because they don't want to overshadow with the potential debuts of CM Punk, the potential debuts of Daniel Bryan? So are these two things that could be causing this little rift and potentially Adam Cole? Who knows what's going to happen with that? So could this be something where you don't want Ad- you don't want Adam Page's championship run or championship win to be overshadowed by the fact that CM Punk wrestled for the first time in seven years? Yeah, I, I-, I feel it. Is it tough considering that it's like another pay-per-view you have to spend $50 on, people have to travel to, et cetera, et cetera, especially after Cody said point blank that television's more important? 
is this something that kind of sucks that you're getting another filler pay-per-view where you know these titles aren't going to change hands? Like, you know, Kenny Omega is going to win. Yeah, it does. And again, it's it's never match quality. No, Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega Look, is something I, I, I want to watch. I want to watch that match 1,000%. It's just finding, for us, finding that investment when the outcome seems pretty clear-cut. Yeah, that, that does seem to be the issue with AEW. They seem to... And this has been a recent trend. They seem to kind of, and we've talked about this too, you kind of build to these challengers that have no chance. And then you get the one challenger that does have a chance and they win it. It's it's always that, you know, you don't have any of that suspension of disbelief or that, you know, that possibility that kind of, like I said to me, kind of like sinks my teeth into it. It's what gives me that, that whole piece where yeah. it gives me that opportunity to be like, hey, you know, I'm engaged to because it could potentially in. happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll be there. Obviously excited. We have I'm Rampage on Friday. Super We're excited. We'll be going to that GCW War Games show. Art of War Games, Saturday night. Ashley's obsessed with this now. So, we went back and we're watching some CZW Tournament of Death highlights. And, uh. You... Yeah, so as you guys know, <laughs> as last week's story, I believe it was, when Ashley went to CZW, we went to CZW Tournament of Death. It was CZW Tournament of Death 13, I think, in 14. 2014 and 2015. 2014 and 2015. And we learned the second time where to sit so that we were not in the sun at DJ Hyde's house. It was super, super hot back there. But we went to the Tournament of Death in 2015 and I was wearing my Zack Ryder shirt. What? What foreshadowing? Because, look, if you're talking about a guy that knows the business, okay? (laughs) Who knew what could potentially happen? I, I I knew it. Hardcore, hardcore king. I knew Matt what could Cordo- be. Matt Cordona. Why was I wearing that shirt? I think it was because it was like a V-neck and it was really really hot. It's a nice. It's a I nice it. shirt. I knew it. It's like one of those soft V-necks. I have we we searched high and low for any type of like photo evidence of it, but we were watching some guy's blog or vlog on YouTube about the event because we're like, hey, you know, we went there and we can see us in the background and I'm wearing this Sack Ryder shirt. And I was like, holy shit, I did wear that. Love it. Premonition. Deathmatch King. I was there. I was already a, I, I was, I was Matt Cardona through. <laughs> because I knew this could happen. But nonetheless, that was fun. We're going to go back to CCW Tournament Death. I've asked every single year and Ashley is always like, no, I'm doing it. Just and there's a bunch of other people that, nah, you guys have fun. You guys go do this. And it's like, you know, listen, why can't we go down, have a nice time, eat pulled pork sandwiches out of a back of a pickup truck? It takes me a moment to, to Appreciate up, what you have when you're in the moment. once I am invested, I am fully invested. Um, but speaking of Matt Cardona, we had that PBR commercial in the middle of Dynamite this week. That absolutely happened. Major PBR. That was fun. Good for them, Paps. Get your, get, you know, AW, get your money wherever it comes. Advertisements. Good Hell job yeah. on you guys, Warner. Good for them. It was a good commercial. I enjoyed it. It took a lot of fun. I would, I would like a beer sponsorship. I think we all would. It's a lot of money. Love and beer. it's a lot of fun. You do love beer. But we had the TNT Championship... Miro versus Lee Johnson. This Miro versus Lee actually Johnson. Actually, my favorite match of the evening. I really enjoyed this one. It, 
Lee Johnson has like all the tools. Yeah. I mean, he's got a great look. He's in tremendous shape. And I love. I love Dustin with him. I loved how, as much as this, like, was a squash, it wasn't a squash. He really gave it to Miro, but he was the underdog. I mean, this and wasn't it didn't easy. need to be a squash. And you know, there were a lot of people that were like, "Well, you know, he's going to get killed. Why would he get killed? Here's the truth. Why would he get killed? He's been on television for a year. People know who Lee Johnson is. Wins or losses, the guy has been there." He's been competing. This is the progression of Lee Johnson. He's going to grow into somebody who's going to win matches. This People thought, well, it's just a squash. It's a jobber. Why would it be that way? Lee Johnson has legitimately been on television every single week. He's been coached by Dustin. He's been in big matches. He's worked with Cody and QT. Lee Johnson is his own guy, and he's starting to grow in that way. Now, I know his one promo he had was kind of green, but... And the guy can go, and he has a nice style where it's not as commonplace to see as, you know, everybody out there nowadays, it's it's high-flying, it's excitement, it's all this. And Lee Johnson's kind of toned that down a little bit, giving you just enough. He gives you a lot of good in-ring storytelling, and this match was really good. No, I, I, I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, and, and Miro put him over great. I mean, you sell in form well. I mean, it, the whole thing was that, like, Miro's this giant. Lee Johnson is fighting for his life. Uh, that's this what was it was. He, he literally just, he clawed his way to try to get a victory. And I thought that was great storytelling. It, it's one of those, like, underrated matches on yeah. Dynamite that people are never going to talk about again. But Lee Johnson is a legitimate person who should, you keep your eye on him. He's a young guy who's, like, 23, 24, 25 years old. And that that's irrelevant to age. But he's this young, young, young guy. Not even young in wrestling business he's just a young guy who has this opportunity he's on he's on dynamite for a year he's jobbing out you know whatever he's doing he's winning matches on dark you know i know he's been doing that stuff but it's like you know on tv on the eyeballs of the million on the million audience this was the right move full-blown match full-fledged wasn't a jobber getting too much time this is a guy who's been there who showed you i am getting better i am progressing i'm going to be legitimate someday and that was great yeah. this was very very well done this and, was good. and yet miro still still comes out looking like the dominant redeemer god's favorite champion and I mean, this was this was fantastic excellent. this was fantastic like miro is legitimately like one of the best things they have going i love miro so we'll see when he does come all out yeah, Hopefully I know you we'll had talked about last week how he's not, you know, he hasn't been wrestling every single week, but when he does, I mean, he's been clicking. Um, love what we're seeing from God's favorite champion. Before that match, though, we had uh, the Elite coming out to interrupt Hangman Adam Page, uh, continuing the ridiculous backstage basketball segment they had going on. Um this seemingly when Doc Gallows wore it best. So listen, it's which Buck wore it best? I, I, yeah, the big LG. He's not a Buck. He paid homage to the the great Ric Flair. Respect though, he did look pretty damn good. In it can't that be road. a guy in a Cookie Monster T-shirt. A couple of our friends did rave about how Nick Jackson's beard looked very full. Goddamn right. But I mean, the big LG man, he has been. He might have won more weeks than anybody else. He is kind of consistent. But he is not a buck. He might be the standard. No. <laughs> he might be the standard. The big LG ski. Gonna win which buck wore best. We're gonna do like a year end. I mean, look, award. we might have to count them all up. 
We might have to count them all up every single week and find out who it was that won the most. Big LG, obviously, take out Adam Page. What's confusing here is that, you know, Elite Hunter Kaz comes out to help Adam Page. Maybe this is kind of like the, this, like, alliance they may start to put together. It's possible. Dark Order's prevented. You know, Uno and Stu kind of came and said, oh, look, because Hangman Adam, left the Dark Order. Correct, and Adam needs this on his own. He wants his space. What are we going to do with Kaz? Because it kind of seems like he's just floating around, and I love the character. We talked about still, this. Still one of my favorite like, things, he, he, yeah. We're still not getting clarity on what it is that he's going after. What is he doing? So I want to see a little bit more, like, we had a couple of promos. We need to have some more promos. Yeah. Kind of like telling us what Kaz is going to be doing. So we'll, we'll get that, I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks also. It's too good to just yeah, let no, it they're, fall They're not going to let it fall like off. It, it's just, right now, they have so much going on. I know. That it's like, you know, we still need that, but... That kind of goes to the next segment, which was, again, just an odd segment in itself. The main event. So, which, yeah. Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. Um, really entertaining match. Yeah, Cody really knows how to... I like the way that Cody puts these matches together. It's, it's kind of like, you know, Lots before of I go on. Here, yeah. Cody has done a very, very nice job of being able to put matches that are not traditional. He goes up, he goes down, he puts guys over in unique ways. He, I like the way that he does it. He's very diverse. That's the way that I would do it. That's like, I think that's one of the reasons why I really liked it is because you have to have these unique, diverse kind of styles of, of putting guys over, of doing these matches short, sometimes, you know, sometimes dominant. And I think he made that black mask look tremendous. I don't know what he calls it, the finishing move, but I mean, that, that was tremendous. It was nasty looking. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was great. It was very, very well done. He took that big table bump. It was a quick, short match. It wasn't quite the, the squash of Brody Lee, but this this was very, very well done. I really like the diversity, the, the types of matches, the types of finishes that Cody does. Because like I said, it's exactly the way that I like. It's, I guess it's it's sort of like, hey, look, that's what I would do. I like the style of it. I connect to it. I appreciated it. I enjoyed it. Then there was that promo. Yeah, so Cody hints that he he may be retiring. Uh, that it's been a good run and, and and this this might be it for him and and before he takes off the boots um or, or the one boot you know Malachi Black comes out and hits him hits him with the crutch and does another beatdown now again the match was great i thought the segment was a little bit awkward afterward in that there was so much time left in the show i think there was like 5 five minutes or so that it seemed I don't know it just seemed off and I was like who's gonna come out like what's gonna happen next what what's going on I was sitting there going like what is going on here and I have more questions than answers which I I guess is to be expected but it just felt weird if you want to do you know you want to go cut and dry it's just kind of look Cody's been taking some time off you don't want to do the same story every time where he's got to take some time off so he just gets beat down you want to kind of like, you know, you want to do a little twist, whatever it is. The reason why this makes no fucking sense is the guy's 35 years old. Yeah, he's not retiring. Uh, he's in the prime of his career. He's entering the real peak of his career here. I mean, this is really when these guys get going. You know, 35 years old, 36 years old, right? And that, that, that that's just the, he's entering the prime of his career. And this just makes no logical sense. I understand, you know, you, you can go back to the Mark Henry run with the John Cena match. That was a really great twist, fake retirement thing. But Mark Henry was in his last legs. 
mean, you're talking about no, that, a guy who's... You go who's, that and watch that. You believed it in the moment. Right, and this is a guy who's directly, directly, directly entering his prime who has a good five years left of top, top, top material. At least. As, at, at the very least, yeah. 10 years left. But yeah. I, I mean it as a five, you know, you got five really, really good years left where maybe you could say, hey, at 40 years old, maybe I want to transition a little bit more to the backstage stuff. Sure. Maybe it, that would be a personal choice. It wouldn't be a... Hey, you know, I, I have to do. No, we're not you, putting age restrictions on it. No, no, no. It's it's a personal choice. Yeah. I mean, Cody, you know, he had said it multiple times that he didn't want to wrestle past forty. Okay. That he wanted to do more. I mean, he's twenty years in the business doing this stuff. Right. He's, you know, his whole life doing this stuff. Maybe he enjoys doing some of this backstage stuff more, and he feels, hey, you know, as I start to get older, maybe I don't need to be in these top premier matches. But I mean, the thing is, all of these guys have 10 years left of being top guys in this business. Omega and the Bucks and Cody. I mean, these are, and Moxley, these are 10-year guys right now who are top, top, top tier talents who are in their prime for the next 10. And this is what's amazing about AEW. So the fact that Cody wants to come out here, cut this promo about how he's thinking about retiring. Cody, come on, man. It's bullshit. Yeah, no, that's... It's just not believable. That's what it was. It's like, yeah, what is this makes no sense. wasn't bad. It wasn't like the promo wasn't good. It's just, it was like this sobby, emotional, like, you know, if, if like Christian Cage came out and did this, I mean, you believe it. Yeah, no, you're that you, you you got it exactly. It's it it didn't make sense in the context of you're not like why are you're not retiring? He's not retiring, and it's it's one of those things that just it doesn't quite make sense regarding the circumstances. I don't even think I'd believe it. Maybe I'd believe it at forty years old if his contract was coming up or something. But I wouldn't even believe it at forty years old. It's like, you know, you got these guys like Christian, he was 46, 47 years old, you know, he's kind of coming back and he sells this story after wrestling a year that maybe he's thinking about this and maybe you buy that. I don't buy that. You don't buy that. The guy's 35 years old. There's guys that just started wrestling at 35 years old. I mean, this is nonsense, Cody. This is like nonsense. It was it was a it was a bad promo in terms of the context you were using. I understand you wanted to go a little, you know, you didn't want to give them the same old beat down right off TV. different, yeah, in what has been done in the past with Cody's other stories. But Malachi did come out and, you know, prevented Cody from taking off his boots. So obviously, we just talked about it. Which again, was sort of the same story with Dustin, which was again, it sold it. Dustin gets the opportunity to wrestle in front of a tremendous crowd. Right. He has one of the greatest wrestling matches, if not my favorite wrestling match in the history of professional I, wrestling. I love that one. And then he's going to retire. I mean, you sell that, man. That's like legitimate, legitimate tears. You sell that. Yeah. Cody, you're 35 years old. You're in the best shape of your life. I just, I, you know, it's it didn't make sense. So, you know, when it comes to that... It was that and the, just the timing for me as well. It just... Yeah, it just seemed But off. it put over Malachi Black. He's Absolutely. obviously going to be premier, premier, premier. We'll see where he goes from here. So Could it was effective. Miro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but I don't think it's going to be time yet. Miro's still in a big run right now. It feels good. Miro feels good. You know, we got to find out who Britt Baker's going to be wrestling at the pay-per-view. we got to find out what anybody's going to be doing at the pay-per-view. It's probably going to be Christian Cage versus Omega. I guess that's the anticipation. Or is that going to be happening at a Rampage, the, the, I, I, the United I, Center I show? No idea. It's that's I mean it's that's the next challenger. So it's going to be Christian Cage versus Omega. That's the next challenger. Who knows what the Bucks are going to face? I see. It's it's too 
it's a little too as as much as we are getting close to the show you've got these two really large rampage shows coming up well Uh, you have in nutshell i mean you have like what six more shows seven more shows to get there but you have yeah you you have dynamite next week and rampage you have dynamite the week after and rampage you have dynamite the week after and rampage so i mean yeah that's a lot you're talking about and then a dynamite and a rampage so you have nine shows yeah. Before you even get to the pay-per-view. So, I mean, there's a lot they can tell you. Yeah. A lot more AEW action will be available for our eyeballs. And we, we love that. Uh, but it looks like um, looks like the Bucks could be potentially facing someone outside of the company. I mean, they, they kind of feel that promo way, of, yeah. you know, who, who's next, who's left. Maybe we can see something with FTR, Proud and Powerful, but you know that... Uh, Cash Wheeler had the arm injury, which was disgusting. But, you know, I'm glad he's going to be coming back uh, soon. Got stitched up, cleared up, ready to go. I mean, maybe one of those guys could take the belts off of him. I, I don't know what they're going to do right now. you got the potential of CM Punk coming, United Center, August 20th, Rampage. you potential of Brian Danielson showing up, potentially Arthur Ashe, which was the rumor, which was the September 22nd show. I mean, you got a lot going on the next. I mean, again, talking about September 22nd show, you're talking Rampages. So, I mean, you're talking yeah. Newark, you know, you got Newark. You could potentially have a, a rampage in between that if people don't want to go home for a week. You could have a rampage somewhere around here also between our two shows. They could easily announce that, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a lot that's um, going to happen, these really, really big programs. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Give me the Bucks versus G.O.D., man. Yeah, I think that's a, it's an ultimate goal. Let's, let's get see. there. But we also will have um, Dark Order versus... The Good Brothers for the Impact Tag Championships. And that's happening. Yeah. It's, it's uh, they lost, but it's happening. That is happening. So, Consolation prize. You know, Resurgence next weekend. Yes. You have Triple Mania next weekend. Andrade versus Kenny Omega. Yes. You have football preseason really starting next week. Oh. Big news. We have a lot as August starts to wrap up here, we're going to try to keep an eye on what's happening with these live events, making sure hopefully they continue on. You know, you don't want these things to get kind of, you know, canceled, moved around. You want these things to, you know, keep on going. And when we're doing the best that we possibly can out there. Yeah. But we watched the GCW show last night. It was a show. Nice audience. We're going to go to the art of war games in Chicago. And I'm hoping that, uh, we can hit pro wrestling tees early, trying to avoid maybe the big rush of the weekend. Those of you guys who are going to be attending All Out or any of the Chicago events that weekend, uh, let us know what your plans are. We're trying to figure out where we're going to be, what we're going to be doing. You just laid out some of the things, but if anyone wants to meet up for some hangouts, uh, let us know. Yeah, we're we're... Hanging out at the shows, doing whatever. We got Rampage. I'm sure we're going to grab some tickets too that Friday. We got the yeah. GCW show on Saturday. You know, I mean, Effie's got a brunch on Sunday. Effie's Big Gay Brunch. I would love to go. So, I mean, that's another show. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. We got big open weekend. Just figuring it out. Hopefully we get good weather. That's all I've been asking for. Yeah. I just want not hot. Just give me something like, like seventy-five the week degrees. We just, just had here. Just give me something nice. Mild seventies, sunshine. It. Sounds like a plan to me. But with that, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, hope you're doing well, staying safe, and getting ready for this crazy month of wrestling uh, this August. 
We are at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, dynamite at gmail.com, and we will be back later this week with another episode. Thanks, guys.